2: Hey, friendos, Steve here. And Larson. And it's a very special uh, day. It's Wednesday. That means it's Ask Going in Raw Time. That's right. We have the questions from the friendos over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Steve and Larson. Or by clicking join on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Larson. Or if you just hang out during one of our live shows, you might get gifted a membership. And then you have access to the question thread for the special Wednesday Ask Stephen Larson. Uh today we got a slew of questions. We got a bunch of stuff coming up. Of course, Roman Reigns with his new title, uh the forbidden doors coming up. Yes. Uh, so we've got all sorts of stuff going on in the world of wrestling. So, Larson, what's so, our first question today?
3: Uh let's talk about none of those things to begin with. Let's talk about this question from Alex Foster. Alex asks, Will fans eventually turn on Cody like they did in AEW? I mean, people really seem to like him for some reason, so I doubt it. But I did it I did get me thinking. Steve is the WWE universe going to turn on Cody, Cody, Cody Rhodes?
2: <laughs> no, of course not. He's only becoming more and more popular. His popularity will grow to such a degree that it'll be even more undeniable than he already is. I don't know. It's always possible if they fumble as creative, uh, then sure. But they seem to be n- understanding what steps to take to ensure that doesn't happen. Um I mean Cody in my eyes and I think in a lot in the eyes of a lot of people comes off as uh both incredibly arrogant and yet humble at the same time which is an interesting mix. I mean he did admit to not having godlike powers. So I guess in that sense he's humble. I mean he's called himself the man uh several he times said uh, raw was his show I Ra think. Raw was his show, but a lot of people you know make that claim. That's just that's just confidence. People like confidence, but then you know he also Uh, his central thesis is always like, I'm just here to honor my dad. It's a very humble thing. It's a very relatable thing. Like I just want to honor my dad by winning the WWE title. I want to finish my story. It's a, it's a, it's a journey he's on and who can't relate to that. I think the problem, the reason why people turn on him so hardcore in AEW is because number one, he was management and, uh, there, there was that weird sort of relationship between him and the fans where he stumbled creatively a couple times. I mean, you know, his ill-advised, I'm going to end racism uh, promo is probably central to that. And I think he's even admitted to this, that management really wasn't his thing. I I think more than any of the other EVPs, um, he really tried to do something, creatively speaking, that I think left him in an odd position with the crowd, like I'm going to write myself out of the world title scene. There was also, there was almost like a self-consciousness to his, uh, to his creative in a W. Cause like he was writing it himself, but he's like, okay, how do I tow this weird line of people are here to see me because I'm part of i W. I'm like the core group. I'm the reason why this, me and the, the, the young bucks and the elite are the reason why we're here. But at the same time, like we're also here to like get the company over. So how do I tow that line? Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I just think that there was a lot of struggles there in AEW, and now that he doesn't have to deal with that, um, you know, he had no problem evidently losing at WrestleMania. He's immediately put in a feud with Brock Lesnar, in which he's lost one of the matches there, um, uh, and yet he they still do the thing where you know he's 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 overcoming you know the 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 big adversity, the big A adversity thing that everybody wants him to do. I mean. You go back to Hell in a Cell and him busting out that torn peck, that gained a lot of goodwill with the fans. Um, so, as long as they don't fumble his creative, he'll be fine. If they keep the trajectory he's going, he'll be fine.
3: Uh, I feel like Cody made a lot of mistakes in his creative in AEW. And, and that would be it's just not him doing his creative, you know? So it's, it's kind of like when you have someone, I'll, I'll use the name Richard Kelly, the guy who directed Donnie Darko, where seemingly Richard Kelly has a lot of interesting ideas. It's putting those ideas together to a cohesive whole is, is the difficult part. Um, and Cody kind of seemed that, that way in AEW. He immediately took himself out of the world title picture, even though he was one of the most over guys. That was a bad move. You listen to the crowd at All In or the First Double or Nothing, everybody in that audience loved Cody. Every single person sitting there and to fast forward a couple years later where he was getting mixed reactions kind of at best. Um, and it seemed like towards the end of his time in AW, he was trying too hard. It just felt like he was trying too hard. You know, with that match with Andrade
2: where he lit himself on fire. You're, Whoa, you're, hold on a second. That match was awesome. What are you talking it was, about? That it was, was great. awesome, But it
3: felt like it felt like a situation where I need to endear myself to the fans. I'm gonna do this crazy spot.
2: Oh, man, I don't know. I kind of disagree with that. It was more like, I want to put on a badass match with a cool moment. To impress fans so they love me again.
3: Um, (laughs) You know, over the last few weeks, I've noticed there's there's two distinct Cody's. There's the Cody who's relaxed, uh, who's sarcastic, who's not afraid to kind of poke fun at conventions of wrestling, like we saw this week on Raw. That Cody I like fine. When he was in WB4 doing the Dash and Cody Road stuff, that was wildly entertaining. There then there's the Cody that takes himself too seriously, that can be a bit self indulgent. That's the Cody that I don't really care for, and that's the Cody we saw a lot of in AEW because he was on his own island there. And I'll I talk about this this match all the time, but it's the match that really soured me on Cody. It was the face of revolution ladder match, where he was kind of doing I don't know, it seemed like I think he's talked about it since then. This kind of, is he or isn't he a heel thing? And he was trying to do it subtly, but the situ- thing was, is I think he was subtle about it in the wrong way. The subtlety was in, like, the presentation and the motivation. The subtlety should be in the performance. And Cody has many things subtle in his performance, it, it Is rare, it, he rarely is. Um... And it just didn't work. It, it, we had a whole conversations about is Cody like lacking any sort of self awareness through this entire run in AEW because he seems completely oblivious to how what he's doing is being uh, taken by the fan base. Um, and it all like again for me it's that face revolution ladder match where the camera was on him while this action's going on in the ring, completely taking your attention away from. What you should be paying attention to is who's trying to win this match instead of worried about Cody with some kayfabe injury.
2: Um, was that, I'm sorry, let me interrupt you really quick. Was that on pay-per-view or Dynamite? That was on Dynamite, wasn't it? That was on pay-per-view. That was on pay-per-view? Okay. I believe, okay, yeah. Sorry, continue your point. I'm was. I was, I'm, I'm sort of curious now that we've been doing like uh, Meltzer star ratings uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, things. Uh, I'm sort of curious what Meltzer gave. I was about to look that up, but please continue your point. Uh, Cody here in chat
3: says, I was at that match, so I assume the one where Cody lit his leg on fire said it was more than that Larson he was in his hometown he didn't need cool spots for love dude that match was <laughs> fucking awesome. it was a fun match anyways um, but now at WB he doesn't have to spearhead his own creative I'm sure he has some input I'm sure he has a, a good amount of input um, but it's not all on him it doesn't seem like and because of that maybe we'll have a cohesive vision a plan to where things are going rather than just kind of like scattershot ideas that don't exactly always come together.
2: Um but let me ask you getting back to the question though. Yeah. Do you feel like your stance on Cody is something that is a general sentiment with or could potentially end up being a general sentiment with the fan base? Do you think because you've got some very specific things obviously with Cody um, and and yet when I look at the even even when I acknowledge because you when you, you and I both acknowledged the and and that's also the difference between you and I is that I appreciate sort of the corniness. I appreciate the superheroics when Cody has a quote unquote titanium cast and very tongue in cheek. You and I will debate, you know, the the silliness of the titanium cast. Um, that being said, I appreciate that stuff. The crowd seems to eat it up. And they, dude, I'm telling you, he is more over now than he's ever been. Could be. And I don't know if that's going to change unless, and and I think the loss to Brock and that performance, I think that's like calculated losses are incredibly smart. That'll go a long way. Um, But I just think that his situation here in WWE versus his situation in AEW, because they're so vastly different... I just don't know if that crowd's going to turn on. But having seen it happen in AEW, you see a template for it, you see the blueprint. You see the precedence. You've seen yeah. it happen before. Yeah, do yeah. you think that the general crowd, when you look at the crowd and how they react to him, which isn't always on, on par with what you and I react to. No. Do you see that being a danger for Cody's run as a babyface?
3: Not necessarily, because I don't think like I said, I don't think he's the one that's driving this the ship you know he has a role you know in, in 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 leading his creative i'm sure but he's not it's not solely his responsibility mm-hmm. and i think because of that if it's a collaborative process between him and triple h and whoever in creative to determine where the story his story is going and hopefully it'll be a situation where maybe they have a, a creative has a vision uh, something laid out and then he could throw out ideas for the details Mm -hmm, um and they and then collaboratively they can make that all work and come together
2: Mm -hmm, yeah
3: um i mean he's he's incredibly over i feel like at this juncture it would take a a enormous fumble Mm -hmm. uh to blow this amount of goodwill Mm -hmm. that cody has right now not to say it's not possible it could be Mm -hmm. um but i I, at this juncture in the short term i'd be pretty surprised if it were going to happen it has to be like it has to get to like Cena wins territory you know yeah right yeah yeah the uh we're, we're like, oh super
2: cody does something again yeah yeah which i think i, I feel like they're gonna avoid it. if you notice like a lot of the bianca chatter when it comes to that has sort of quieted down since the oscar mm-hmm. win you know mm-hmm. um but i feel like they're in danger of that happening and, and yeah it'll be interesting to see them course correct or not um if that happens with cody three and mm-hmm. three and three quarter stars for that match, for the 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 latter match there from Dave so yeah. it didn't give me the blurb. I didn't look at the actual newsletter. Just ah, the just, reporting on it, it after did the, did the search night. for it. yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, really,
3: that'd be an except for for Cody taking the spotlight.
2: Well, you know, the, the, it was an interesting. I'll, I'll put it this way: because I was just as critical as you were back then mm-hmm. on it, and a lot of the conversation we had about that was what what's the. Why is he doing this? Like, is he self-aware or is he not self-aware? Is he doing some weird new thing? Yeah. Playing with the conventions of pro wrestling. And I do kind of wonder if there, if it was just a directorial misfire where they did a little too much of a decent idea. Hey, Cody's out of this and he's, that's a story. So if there's a bunch of action going on in the foreground that people are paying attention to the eagle eyed viewers can sort of see what's going on in the background isn't a terrible idea. It's just no. an execution. It was like, why are we still watching this guy? Exactly. <laughs> why are exactly. they bending over backwards? Uh, uh, to do this. Anyways, let's move on to the next question here. We sure. have a good sure. one from Blake Whitehouse and Blake Whitehouse made the thumbnail today uh, and the title because I couldn't resist Larson. I couldn't resist the new Roman reigns render for the com, where he's got that mustard title right there. And of course we've got Bruno San Martino next to him because Blake's question is now that there are two, uh, 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 now there are two world titles and Roman's on a part-time schedule. Good. He's on, I'm sorry. He's on the tribal chief setup. Let's yeah. get it clear. Yeah. Yeah, that's for that's, nobody else, especially that's the verbiage, yes. and including Seth Rollins, just so we're clear. Could WWE be daring enough to have Roman break Bruno's record? He says, I get it still a while away, but with Triple H's goal of breaking new records, it seems entirely possible. Larson, do you know what year it would have to be for that to, to happen? So he's three years into it now, right?
3: Roughly yeah. almost three years, Be three yeah. years of it after SummerSlam. Yeah, I think you need about five more.
2: He would need to go until
3: 2031. Yeah. <laughs> well, meet. no, no. He's three years in it. Bruno, Bruno's first reign was a little short of eight years. He's three years in that eight
2: years Roman. It's, reign it was now. So Bruno's. Bruno's was 20. How long was Bruno's? It was just a little bit under eight years. Hold on. 365. It was just under eight years. Okay. Yeah. So it was 28. 2,803, I think, is what I saw. Minus 1,000. Divided by 365. Yeah, you're right. It'd be five years. Yeah, you're right. About five years. So it would actually be until 2028. 2028. Yeah.
0: You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
3: I mean, here's the thing. I know Roman's got the Roman setup that that will help him extend the title reign. I mean, I know they want to, they want they want to reshape the record book, update it with modern performers. Eight years is a long time, and he is so long as he's bloodline Roman, I feel like he's going to hold that belt until someone takes it off him and they start the end of the bloodline story. I can't imagine that being five years from now, because Roman's going to have Hollywood him He's going to have opportunities galore outside of wrestling. And for anybody, especially Roman is near at 40, the prospect of making better money, sun's blasting into your better money without to take any bumps. That's attractive. Um, I, I just feel like the, the, the industry is way different now where you, you people don't stick around well past 40 generally people do from time to time but there's how many people uh, that have started wrestling within the last i don't know 20 years are or, or still wrestling in their 50s it just doesn't happen as often people realize hey i'm going to parlay my success in the wrestling world to other endeavors outside of wrestling so my body is not like all broken down by the time i'm middle-aged mm-hmm. just watching this finish watching the magnum ta dark side of the ring it's interesting because he talked about in there he's gonna have his world title run he was gonna like, retire at 30. Mm-hmm. yeah and he said, I'm going to go do NASCAR after this. That's cool. I know. So, I mean, back then, especially back in the 80s, you wrestled until the wheels came off. Mm-hmm. And for him to have, you know, the, a vision of what he wanted to do after he had his world title run, I thought was, 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 was interesting Anyways, There's going to be a tons of opportunities for Roman Reigns over the next five years that are going to be really attractive, I would imagine, to him that I would be surprised if he didn't pursue. And that might, along with other things, curtail the length of his reign. Is it impossible? No, absolutely not. If he has the willingness to do it and he can stay healthy and they can keep stories interesting with him as champion, which is kind of the most important part of it, it's possible. But, I mean, honestly, I feel like the goal is to get past maybe Hogan's reign in the Mm -hmm. 80s. Mm-hmm. If he tops out at fifteen hundred and then drops the belt, I wouldn't be shocked. Then, um, but Bruno, it's not impossible, but I would I would think highly unlikely.
2: Yeah, that's 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 a great way to put it. It's possible, but highly unlikely. I don't think it's impossible. I think that if the business continues to reap the rewards of this bloodline storyline, and this is the big caveat. They're able to keep it compelling. Mm-hmm. Roman's schedule is kind of interesting because I don't know how old is Roman? He's got to be what, like 30s. He's in his late 30s, I think. I, I think he's late 30s at this point. 36, 37, something like that. Does anybody know how old, uh, if, if Chad has this, because we're in the middle of the conversation right now. Bruno was born in 35. Do you know what year his uh, reign started? Was it 68? 63. Oh, it was 63. So, uh, if he was 35, yeah, we'll say, he would have been he would have been 28
3: when he started it. Yeah, because it went from 63 to 71 his first reign went.
2: Okay. So, he was 28, around 28, when he started so it. Sorry, Roman's 38 right now. And Roman is already 10 years past that. Um, so, Roman, it was like a seven-year difference there, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everything you said is true. Everything you said is true. I really don't have much (laughs) to add to it. I mean, it'd be kind of... I'm shocked that they've been able to get this much out of the Bloodline story, and it's still really good. Um, I mean, the only other comparison I have is, like, you look at... And I know it's, it's just apples to whatever to whoppers, you know, it's apples to, to completely. But like, when you look at, at like really good TV shows, like breaking bad, that Mm lasts like whatever, five or six years. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're able to keep that compelling and granted, completely different situation, but fictional narrative television where Roman reign does, Roman reigns does take breaks and he's able to take breaks. Yeah. Um, you know, they're able to tell compelling stories over a long period of time. Nobody's ever done it for that long in wrestling um but uh but yeah five more years is a really really long time um but the temptation is going to be there from the WWE the temptation is totally going to be there um but yeah I don't I don't know if if it's really really good then I'm all for it you know I don't think whether a guy has a title or not have a title that doesn't dictate whether or not something's boring to me or I don't get wrestled if somebody has a title is can you keep it interesting that's the bottom line for me. Can yep. you keep it interesting? That's exactly. a tall task. That's a it tall really task.
3: Is. It really is. I'm trying to get the n- exact number uh, of days that Hogan had it from, what, 84 to 88. Um, Because I, w- I would not be surprised if that's... Wasn't it like 14? I
2: think it was like 1400 it's
3: 14. 14, 14 1,474 days. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah.
2: So he's only 470-some days away from that. I mean, I don't know what they would consider that, you know. I mean, like, what what's the what's the what is the big headline you can put on that, you know? Because like a thousand days is like a clean headline, you know. Beating yeah, yeah, Bruno's yeah, yeah. reign is a big headline. Yeah. Hogan's already like, like Hogan is closer. Hogan's reign is like closer to Bruno's reign than like Roman's is to Hogan's. I think at this point, Hogan's came like what I don't know ten years after. Bruno's ended Roman's yeah. this one's like 40 years after. So it's not like they can say, "Oh, he beat the modern day. He already beat whatever modern day record yeah, you want." Brock consider. Brock had the title like 500 days. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then Punk had it for 400 or whatever. I so. mean, Hogan's name is a big name to throw. Yeah, oh, he yeah. beat Hogan's reign, but it's not like they really can I mean with Hogan, they just it's just Hogan, you know? It's like yeah. he had a number of reigns. I mean,
3: maybe they can do something like uh, uh Roman has the second longest reign in WB history,
2: yeah, well, even that backland had it longer than oh backland had it longer than Hogan Hogan I think is like the oh yeah longest, backland didn't. had it for two thousand one hundred and thirty five days, yeah, yeah, so, so I don't third. know the name Hogan is a is a headline it's you like know Roman b if they want to start making a thing out of Hogan's reign, mm-hmm. you know they can do that, but yeah. uh but yeah you know whether they know. decide to move the goalpost to make it the modern era, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, 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 right, yeah. Like I was kind of surprised that they that they really cared about a thousand days, but in retrospect, no, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, in retrospect, it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. that's yeah, something no one's done since 80 eighties. So yeah, right, exactly.
3: Michael Razor Starks here asks: After the whole Bloodline saga is finished, where would Roman rank amongst the greatest heel champions? First, I think we'd establish best
2: heel champions. Triple H, yeah, probably mm-hmm. Ric Flair. Yeah, in Flair. his prime. Probably Piper would be up there. Well, he was um, never world champion. Oh, God, you're right. Yeah, you're right. He should have been. God, he should have been. Um, Heel champions. Uh, Well, The Rock was a, a pretty darn good heel champion yeah, in his that's day. that's true. That's true. I love The Rock. Uh, what about Hollywood Hogan? Hollywood. Oh, man. Yeah, that's huge. Dude, I, you know, it's funny because, like, yes, I understand Roman's a bad guy. I get that. But I feel like in t- these days, you don't really think about it. And especially because, hey, here's the thing. They're still going to turn him face at some point. Oh, yeah. I don't know how or when or if he's still going to be champion when they do that. Because um, I kind of feel like in order to be a face, you have to lose the title and then chase it. Again. Yeah, he needs to his redemption <clears throat> arc. That being said, I, uh, when I think of Roman, like historically speaking in like 10 years or whatever, This is simply he's simply going to go down as like a a genre or I'm sorry, a generation defining champion,
0: you Mm -hmm. know,
2: as like, oh, my God, that reign was crazy. And it featured the best storytelling in wrestling as opposed to, oh, he was like when I think of Triple H, I think, man, this dude used to use sledgehammers. He would bully refs. And it's like I know Roman Reigns uses the bloodline and everything. But really more than anything, he's just a compelling character to me. I know. You and know? like with
3: Flair, it was he was wrestling eight days eight times a week. Mm, I almost yeah. said eight days a week. Eight times a week, you know. Time you, limit are draws are all, all over the country. Steve time now? Yeah, yeah I go, go to a time twenty four yeah. hours twenty five hours in a day, you know. There you go. Gives you an extra day by the end of the week. Um uh you know, with Flair it was just he was wrestling time limit draws all across the country. Every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. You know, and and, and you think about the work that went into to his various runs as champ mm-hmm. um you know sure rick flair cut some great heel promos but it wasn't like it wasn't like he was involved in an intricate story that spanned
2: several years mm-hmm. yeah mike roman is that's the difference yeah like, when it comes to bad guys, though, like, I don't know. Roman, to me, he's just a compelling, he's just an interesting character. He really yeah. is. And I don't see him as, like, a bad guy. I see him as a guy just ripe with insecurity issues and betrayal and trust issues. Yep. Um, which is interesting to me as opposed to, like, like, when I think of bad guys, like, I think of, there's, like, three names that sort of come to mind in, in fiction. It's, like, Darth Vader. Anton Sugar, mm-hmm. <laughs> who is just Anton Sugar is just an un, unrelenting force of nature. He's like yeah. not even man, really. He's just no. like bad guy. He's like death personified, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then like Biff Tannen. <laughs> oh, those are great bad guys right there. Um, but yeah, in terms of like all time bad guys, to me, Triple H is like number one, or at least in the modern era of WWE. It's like that guy was a bad He was just a piece of shit. Whereas Roman Reigns is like, I kind of, there's that the the best bad guys are the guys that you kind of feel for, you know, it's like, I understand where Roman's coming from. The dude needs, you know, he needs some help, man. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's just going to go down as like one of the greatest champions, like one of the, because he's been at the forefront of this great story for so long. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Definitely one of the the most interesting, compelling champions from a character perspective and from Mm -hmm. a storyline perspective as well. Um,
2: Orton, yeah. People in yeah. chat are mentioning or- Orton. Oh, what a son of a bitch. Yeah, you know, prime heel Orton. Guy. Yeah, he's yeah. putting everybody. Brock even. But, but Brock also sort of falls into, my God, he was just one of the best that ever did it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Brock is legit scary. Like, if you're around, him he is legitimately scary. scary. Yeah, so,
3: right. Like, his presence, he's huge. He's imposing. Oh, yeah. You just feel the weight of his presence when you're you, in the room with him. You know
2: that he just doesn't want to deal with people.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know. It really feeds into the idea when he's playing to heal that he is... He is awful, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, with with Roman, that's what makes it so interesting. Is that it's more complex than than, than just he's a terrible human being. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know he's a he's a deeply flawed human being. Mm-hmm. He has his own sense uh, of of morals. Mm-hmm. Are are they in line with a lot of people? Maybe not. Yeah. But when
2: you get into his character, you understand why his worldview is what it is. The motivation behind Roman Reigns makes all the sense in the world, whereas. When you look at guys like Triple H and, and Randy Orton, the two big names that we sort of mentioned, yeah. it's just they're just sons of bitches. You know, it's yeah, like exactly. they're just bad people, and exactly. it's not. I mean, look, like, I know there's plenty of bad people in the world, but it's not entirely relatable because it's like, why are you such a piece of shit? You know? Um, yeah. With Roman, you understand the
3: like, mo- Roman's motivation behind basically everything he does.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: You understand how he views the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Don't agree with it. Yeah. But you understand. Yeah right, and that's what yeah that's what makes it interesting and captivating, bad guy villain whatever is is if you can understand their motivations, mm-hmm. for sure yeah. Uh, we got a we got a question here for I'm probably gonna get this name wrong,
2: here tag me and I'll do it. Uh, Go ahead, Tia Tia uh, Tia Katar? Oh tear Yeah, yeah, yeah like that Kater. sounds good. Says yeah. a
3: lot of people say the Bloodline is the best story in history. I personally think it's Shawn Michaels and Triple H versus the Undertaker streak that was good. That was a good one. What do you think is the best story in wrestling ever? Let's. I think we both agree Bloodline is if it's not the best, it's one of the top three best. Let's set Bloodline aside. Sure, of course. That's one of the best, and it, we still have to wait to see how uh, it if they nail the landing, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Put that aside since it's ongoing other wrestling stories that could be in contention for best wrestling story ever.
2: So I actually saw a tweet that, uh, sort of with the same prompting, like, Hey, the the bloodline is like, this has got to be the best thing ever. Right. And none of the responses, none of the replies that I saw really like laid out a good case as to why it's not bloodline, but some of those responses, and this is the first one that I'm going to mention is, is an interesting one because I want to go back and, and look at it again but a lot of people said evolution between 02 and '05, mm. um, and there is a. I think that when I went back and looked at, I think you and I talked about it like on accountant or something relatively recently. It might have been a mania thing. I don't know, but when you see what Triple H did with Evolution, you can see that. Yeah, I could see that in terms of like especially the modern era. You know, from post 2000 or whatever, um, it absolutely makes a case for it you know what he did they they made Randy Orton they made Batista um you know Flair had his second run there and it was a continual story that they told for 3 years and i think that really needs to to get some some recognition mm-hmm. um obviously the nwo you know i went back i was looking at a nitro from like 97 the other day 98 it was early 98 it was like the first nitro in 98 mm-hmm. and you know the end of they're all it was People say that the NWO spun their wheels a lot and it sort of got boring quickly. But if you remember, there's actually quite a few twists and turns there and a lot of like, oh, is the NWO falling apart? Are they okay? Et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not going to say it was all the most compelling thing in the world, but they actually did some pretty cool stuff with the NWO and the personalities involved. So I think those two probably deserve some recognition.
3: Uh, I'm very curious to know how the Gargano Champa story NXT would have played out if not for injury. Um, because when it was going and going well at the time, I thought this, this is tops because it wasn't just, it wasn't just, I don't like you. You don't like me. We're going to have matches. There was like depth to it. There was moments that harken back to other moments. Like a knee brace was a metaphor, a symbol, you know, and, and that level of detail in a wrestling story. I don't think I, we had seen before. And I don't know if I really think we've seen it since, except for maybe a couple of examples. Um, you know, for example, the the Hangman Elite story in AEW and the Bloodline story, mm-hmm, yeah. Where it's not just I don't like you, you don't like me, we're gonna wrestle. Mm-hmm. There, there's weightier, meatier stuff going on there mm-hmm. about the relationships between people. Um, so that that's high up there in a way, a precursor to that. And I understand the storytelling was way different back then. But Hogan and, and Macho Man, mm-hmm, yeah, sure, the Mega oh, yeah. Powers. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, that's always mentioned as one. Yeah, yeah. And I th- yeah, I think it's, I think that's valid. Absolutely, it is. Um, yeah, I think, uh, if you go back even further and again, this is the kind of thing I'd like to sort of see exactly how it played out to see how it translates to sort of what I know as wrestling storytelling these days. And it's uh Sam Martino and Larry Abisko, mm-hmm. you know, I thought there, there's probably like to look at the crowd reaction and how they told that story is probably going to be interesting to go back and look at, but I know a lot of people really fixated on that. It's yeah. like, you know, some good storytelling from back in the day. Definitely. Um, but uh, but no, also when people talk about, you know, Triple H, Sean, and The Undertaker, I think that. Yeah, that's great uh, stuff. Four years. Thousand, yeah, absolutely. No, Yeah, absolutely, four years of yeah. story. Yeah. Culminating in End of an Air, when, one of, if not the
3: best match ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Chris Louie's question here. Steve, I'm going to ask this to you. Okay. Will CM Punk make a difference in AEW
2: viewership? Can be a one-word answer. Yes. All right, yeah. I mean, he will pop a rating at least week one, in which case the answer is yes. The question is, what happens week six, week seven, week eight? Will he still be there? Will anybody give a shit? Um, the The early returns on, in terms of like what metric we have, ticket sales, Chicago, yay. Everywhere else, nay which I think to me translates to week one, yay. Week six, I don't know, yeah. in terms of the ratings. Yeah. What do you think?
3: No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, people are going to be curious about what he is going to do when he comes back. And so that first week, yeah, it'll pop a number, as much as it will on Saturday night at primetime. But, yeah, three, four, five, six, ten weeks afterwards, is there going to be any staying power? And and all the only metric we have now is ticket sales. Ticket sales tell us no, mm-hmm. that people are curious. People in Chicago specifically are curious what he's going to do that first day. Seemingly, Hamilton, o- Ontario couldn't give less of a shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> under yeah. a thousand tickets, I think, still sold for that that collision. Yeah, but you know, part of that too. Uh, is I, I, I mean. AEW booked like four shows within the same metropolitan area, Toronto, Hamilton, like they're hour apart mm-hmm. within like two weeks, and that's mm-hmm. just that's that's just bad. That's yeah. just t- a terrible idea. You're you're oversaturating that market. Mm-hmm. People don't know what collision is going to be yet. Yeah, true. You know they don't know if it's going to be, you know, a, a two hour rampage. And so why am I going to drop? Seemingly the tickets are kind of pricey too, like a hundred dollars mm-hmm. for the upper deck. I'm going to drop money on. To see the uh, a B show on a Saturday night when I could be out doing better things, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so without people knowing what collision is quite going to be yet, I understand people not maybe not that eager to to plop down their hard-earned money for yeah. a show that
2: just kind of is CM Punk and friends. I get it. If you oversaturate a market and your and your product isn't hot, then you're going to get the results that yep. that warrants. Um, and that's, that's the bottom line. If they really load up collision, if, if they make it compelling stuff, if they give us like cliffhanger TV, you know, then, uh, then yeah. Uh, and hopefully they do that. I want it to succeed. I really do. I want to, you know, cause look, we watch this stuff for a living. Uh, and I want to, you know, every second of, of what I'm watching, I want it to be compelling stuff. Um, but, uh, but they need to, they need to really put the work in for that to happen.
3: Yep. Yep, you, know. you can't just put punk on the show and expect it to, to be a draw. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. It yeah. might work for a week or two after that. You gotta actually tell some stories and
2: showcase some captivating characters. Yeah, and that's Mr. something <laughs> that AW's kind of struggled with. Mr. Dope says they barely go to dynamite now. Why go to a show that's on Saturday? Look, man, we want to go to the bars, you know, on Saturdays. <laughs> I know. Why go uh, do karaoke on a Saturday night? Right, exactly. Yeah. We'll go to a wrestling show. Unless it's ACW. Yeah, dude. Action Coast Wrestling, August 5th. That's right. Same day as that, you know, uh, small fry show, SummerSlam. That don't (laughs) matter to us. Stadium wrestling. <laughs> Stadium wrestling is for chumps. The new thing is smaller venues. Action Coast Wrestling, August 5th. Same day as SummerSlam, but right after SummerSlam. So you can watch most of SummerSlam, skip the main event, and then head straight over to Rome Action gonna Coast Roman's going to win wrestling. anyway, so... <laughs> Roman wins again! <laughs> so, let's
3: bypass that. ACW. You're right, 12. Exactly. It's 12th. Yeah. It's 12th anniversary show. It's twelve, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. 12th anniversary show. Alright, moving on. Mondo. Vulgarre here asks, I keep seeing people criticize the uh, the mere concept for door for not having enough storyline build or putting uh, much effort into introducing the New Japan wrestlers to AEW audience, but is there anything inherently wrong with putting on one show a year that is specifically targeted? Do you want to say targeted, Steve? Targeted. Thank you. To a more diehard wrestling fans, does every show need to make an effort to appeal to casual fans?
2: No! I saw this also. That's a stupid idea, man. Come on. By the way, Heather Wright, I appreciate this. She says, I'd rather go to wrestling on a Saturday night. I don't care for clubs. Uh, well, Heather, come out to Action Coast Wrestling. Anyways, um, no, look, man, here's the thing. Uh, you got you got cable TV three times a week, right? You got Rampage, Collision, you got Dynamite. Uh, they hype it up on all the Turner networks. They hype up your AEW, and you sign a ton of former WWE names. You're bringing back CM Punk. I think AEW can do a lot more to appeal to casual fans, to appeal to other demographics, especially. We've talked about that here on the show, right? So I'm not going to defend that, oh, they're doing everything they can to appeal to casuals, but they've got that box checked to the to the best that they're willing to do it. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Again, they could do better. Oh, yes. But you can have your cake and eat it, too. The Forbidden Door is once a year... And it's a bunch of dream matches uh, for the core AEW audience. A bunch of wrestling nerds who pay attention to New Japan and other stuff. So, yeah, you you need to be doing both. You need to appeal to your hardcore yeah. audience who, most of which last year, and I didn't agree with this, thought that Forbidden Door was the best show of the year. I saw that sentiment out there a lot. Yeah, did too. And I don't know, it might have even topped the Wrestling Observer's uh, show of the oh, year good. thing. Yeah, Maybe, I don't, I don't know, but I, don't know. I know it was up there. Um, and so, yeah, no, you got to do both. You got it. You got your casuals. You got your, your hardcores. You got to try to get after both of them. And, uh, and it's not like they're only doing forbidden door type stuff. And no, honestly, you don't need stories for forbidden door. Cause guess what? Danielson versus Okada. that who's the best in the world. There's your story done. That's the you know story. What I mean? I know. right the story right. Or if they did, if they did something like orange Cassidy versus Yano, I don't need a story for that. They're going to tell a great story in the ring. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. no, you don't need stories going to Forbidden Door. I think Forbidden Door is an awesome concept. And uh, and I even advocated in the last episode that we did that they should turn Rampage every Friday night into Forbidden Door because that's what they did this past Friday. It was a bunch of other companies uh, and AEW talent. I think it's a great concept mm-hmm. um, to get the word out on other wrestling. Watching uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom back in 2017, the first New Japan show I've ever watched. Oh, my God, that opened my eyes to so much stuff. Made me want to get into New Japan, but also like, you know, a bunch of other stuff out there It opened the door for a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, um, so no, I think that, no, forbidden door, you don't need to tell stories leading to forbidden door. It's the matches that matter. It's the matchups that matter. It's The dream matchups. It's like Marvel yeah, and it DC. Is. I don't it even is. know what the story for the amalgam universe was. I didn't care. No, you saw the amalgam of what? A uh, Batman and Wolverine. Right. Exactly. It got yeah. you excited.
3: At least until you opened the comic book. Um, dark claw. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. Crap.
3: Um, uh, I mean, it, right now when AEW is struggling to sell tickets, Forbidden is basically sold out already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the one show a year that AEW puts on is guaranteed to generate excitement from their hardcore fan base. Yeah, um, because it's it's just it's Dream Match Central.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: we're getting Okada and Danielson. Never yeah, right. thought it. Mean, They're like three years ago. I never thought we'd see this match. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now we're getting it. Um, you know, I I, I wouldn't. Like obviously, uh, Omega and Osprey is kind of an outlier because there's a story that they've been telling on and off for several months without. Yeah, sure. Um, that this will kind of be the culmination of, I believe. Um, but with Okada and Danielson, who's the best? It's mm-hmm. enough for me. Yeah, right. Because in the ring, they're going to tell an amazing story.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and 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 yeah, is, is is it an exhibition card? Yeah, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes that's fine just to have matchups you never thought you would ever see. Yeah. That's enough of a draw into itself. Yeah, and and if you could take the excitement that your core fan base has for that, mm-hmm. get the word of mouth going on around ar- ar- around wrestling circles, people talking this show up. Well, then maybe some people who may not be that aware of what New Japan is doing, mm-hmm. or even AEW for that matter, might be like, "Oh, this is this is a huge deal. Maybe I should check it out."
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: you know, if, if 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 catering this show to a more casual fan is 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 not what his intention is.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Getting some buzz. I mean, that's the whole point of doing Forbidden Door. Yeah. It's a cool factor. Yeah, to Get people talking about it.
2: Yeah, right, yeah.
3: And if you get some some casual wrestling fans that hear about it, be like, oh, wow, this dream matchups. Oh, Daniel Bryan's wrestling
2: somebody that's, that people are telling me is, is one of the best wrestlers in the world. I might check that out. I just don't, I, I legitimately do not understand the sentiment of they don't attempt to reach casual fans. I don't get that because it's like, why would they be plunking down so much money for CM Punk? What does CM Punk bring to the table? He theoretically brings people who've lapsed from wrestling. Mm-hmm. Why would you spend so much money on that? Like, you don't have to do that. If you wanted to only appeal to hardcore fans, then you only stick with guys like the elite. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you sign former WWE names if you're not trying to reach a broader audience? I just don't understand. What should they be doing to reach casual fans if you don't think that's the situation? Like, if you don't think they're trying to do that right now? What 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 suggestions would somebody have to say? More oh, they should be doing this. Yeah, celebrities. Like, do you want more celebrities? And I don't understand.
1: Yeah, they have no, they I have a,
2: they have a cable TV deal. They've got uh you know advertisements on on cable TV. I don't they they signed former WWE names. Yeah. In addition to pulling from the independent scene, I don't understand. Like, I don't get it. I mean, you could disagree with their approach to appealing to a, a larger fan base. And as you mentioned, uh,
3: uh, but uh, I mean, the the effort is there. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. it the, the best approach? No, but yeah. the effort's
2: there. Yeah. And I think they could be, they could do better in other aspects of that. Definitely. But Definitely. like in terms of like a broad plan of like, okay, how are we going to reach people who are more casual fans of WWE or of, of wrestling, which is come on, this is WWE. Yeah. Sign former WWE guys. They've done yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah.
0: I don't
3: know. Yep uh mayor planet houston here asks who should be mjf's opponent uh for the AEW championship at forbidden door
2: um i'll put one name out there i think it'd be good wait hold on let me guess what you're gonna say
3: all right i
2: don't know who you're gonna say who are you gonna say your old dad has it (laughs) Naito. Thought for a second you're gonna say your old dad um no, Naito's great. Yeah, he could take a loss. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. good. That's really good. Um, so Punk is probably going to do Tanahashi. I would imagine. You would think, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know who are some other names there. No, kata has got Danielson already. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that. Um, they're not. They. I they're doubt not they going to do Sonata. No, I doubt. <laughs> do <that. laughs> like MJF should, should probably win that one. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting case. Um, I don't know who else is uh who else is like still around there, like in a prominent position. Who's their mid card guy? Like, they're not gonna do like David Finley. No, isn't he? Is he like the, he's the never guy right now? He? Yeah, he is. But I mean, that'd be heel versus heel, and they're not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody else has any ideas here. Naito, yeah, Naito's that Naito's the answer. Naito's the yeah, answer. Naito is the answer. Yeah. Naito is the answer.
3: Uh, or, or if Yano's not going to take on Orange Cassidy, then give us MJF and Yano. Mm-hmm. Let's do a fifteen-minute comedy match.
2: I'd love it. I think it'd be great. I think that'd be great too. I don't what, uh, maybe, uh, maybe Shingo. Shingo, yeah. I just saw that favorite customer says Shingo. Shingo's a good. That's a good name. He's a former champion. Yeah. You know, just a I think he's still wrestler.
3: the KOPW uh, uh, belt holder currently. I think. Ah, I, think I could be the, wrong. He's though. the provisional guy. Yeah. Is it
2: still a provisional thing? Well, I think it's the
3: title now. It's defended like a title.
2: Oh, okay. That's cool. Right they on. don't
3: have the trophy. Gotcha. Uh, Deep Voice dude here asks, What stipulation would you like Brock versus Cody
2: at SummerSlam to have? One serious answer, one goofy answer. So the rumor right now, I think Wrestling Observer said it's gonna be a stages of hell match. hmm Is that what have you had you heard that one? I've heard that. I've heard people talk about it. Okay. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what Larson, what is a stage? The three stages? It
3: was stage? it ends in hell in a cell. Ah, isn't it like, uh, like a had they no done DQ. this before? This like yeah, it was st- Stone Cold and Triple H did it, I think, once. Oh, okay, all right. It was. Right. I think it's like a no DQ match, a cage match, then Hell in a Cell. Which I
2: think. is too much. Oh, here we go. Uh, there was, there's only been five, according to whatever this is. There's only uh. been five of its kind in WWE history, originating early 2001. Yeah, so Triple H, Stone Cold, Triple H versus Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton versus Triple H, uh, John Cena versus Ryback. What? And then John Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. They did it. Well, they best they, theirs was best two out of three falls. That's the one where Gargano basically got hit by a, a New York City bus. So I remember off. this. They did like a. It was a. There were stipulations we, for each fall, but right? Yeah. It was standard street fight, then steel cage. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So none of these actually ended in Hell in a Cell. One of them ended in oh. a steel cage. One of them ended in a ladder. One of them ended in a okay. stretcher. One oh, no, of them I thought ended it was in an in ambulance Cell. match. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's fine. Whatever, whatever that is. I say Inferno match. You know. What if Brock is terrified of fire? Advantage Cody, then. Terrified. Just terrified.
3: I mean, maybe it not only is is his cast made of titanium. Maybe it is also fireproof. Yeah,
2: that could be. Could what if be. he has like a full body titanium cast? There you go. He's just Iron Man at that point. Yeah. I don't know. What's a cool stipulate? Like I liked. I liked the the dog collar. Here's the thing. Cody's like he's like more like uh, he's leaner than he was. I w- I watched the the reveal of his of his busted peck. I forgot yeah. just how he was like. Yeah bloaty big back then you know he was like not bloated but like he was thick back then he's a little leaner these days yes and i don't know if a like a dog collar match or whatever it was that like had been shot like the rumor was like they shot somebody shot down like oh yeah 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 that pitch was rejected yeah yeah i don't like that idea brock is like it's got to be something where cody can like realistically beat brock because you can't match him on strength brock is ridiculously huge
3: yeah i know Cody needs to needs to use his his
2: his his guile and smarts. Right, exactly. Yeah. How about and that? His stupid- Godlike powers. So you can either do a flag match. No. Or the four corners uh, one. Like I think no. it's a bull rope. I do like do the four corners. Yeah, you touch all four corners. I hate succession. that shit. No, yeah, that's no, stupid.
3: No, thank you. No, thank you. There. They I mean SummerSlams in Detroit. What's the like? Car match. Have it, have it like in a, in a like in an old uh, 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 uh,
2: car factory or something like that. Oh, that's good. Do like a cinematic, yeah.
3: Yeah, do like a cinematic deal.
2: What the the uh, what's the one? Didn't Dustin do a match where he was like in the back of a truck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one. Do that one. Yeah, that's terrible, and probably not terribly safe. No, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. No good answers there. <laughs> no good answers. I know because just, just do it in hell in a cell. Yeah, just I know. do the damn thing in hell in a cell.
3: Yeah, I know. It means, like, a Remorse Betrayal here says an I quit match. Ha- Brock's not going to say I quit. He's no, not. he's not. It's not no. believable. No. Even in Last
2: Man Standing, they had to, like, literally pile a bunch of shit on I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, before
3: we get to the next question, if you're watching this live on YouTube, on the VOD, if you could, Ooh, yeah, hit that like button, hit that Ooh, thumbs up button, please. Yeah. If you're new here to Going In Raw, you like what you hear, hit the subscribe, notify bell. We're new to this. Hear good things happen when all that stuff happens. So, only yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Thank you. Only
2: the cream hits the like button and the subscribe button and the notify bell, too.
3: Uh, we got a, a membership here from MPR.
2: Oh, yeah. MPR says uh, RIP Sheiky Baby. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that. Iron Sheik passed away at the age of, I believe, 81. Mm hmm. A um, lot of fun watching his old shoot interviews. Uh, these days probably uh, haven't aged terribly well if I recall correctly but uh, a lot of funny moments from those two my favorite is when Sean Oliver uh, pointed out uh, the Iron Sheik's engorged boner <laughs> during his match with Hulk yeah. Hogan yeah. <laughs> and the Iron Sheik just said yeah look at me oh man yeah <laughs> oh man but an absolute legend in the sport man I mean he was you know, I was first sort of like made aware of wrestling. I think either through like Rocky Three and, and Thunderlips, or the Rock and Wrestling cartoon show. Like before, I even knew that it was like wrestling was a thing. I was like, oh, what is this mm-hmm. cartoon show? There that wrestlers? That's cool. Um, and of course, he was you know one of the like the main antagonist. I think on that. Uh, but no, just 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 an absolute legend. So yeah, and of course, his second career is a guy with a social media account that's pretty funny.
3: Yeah, uh, Patrick Kennedy has a question here about Iron Sheik so just heard about Iron Sheik's passing
2: what was your favorite Iron Sheik Twitter moment? Twitter moment. Oh I don't know probably when he's talking shit about Hulk Hogan. That's that's Any it. of those. Yeah. Yeah. Calling him a jabroni fuck Hulk Hogan all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. Uh,
3: Louis Ariza here asks what are some of the craziest wrestling conspiracy theories you have ever heard
2: which ones turned out to be true? Ultimate Warrior was a different person. Yeah that's right. He was right. played by several people. Yeah. yeah, like he came back. Um, yeah, that's probably one of the weirdest. Because it's like, nowadays, when you look at it, it's like, that's ridiculous. No, you can see, like, every time he comes back, it's just Jim Helwig. Yeah. Like, it's pretty... His yeah. face paint would always come off. You could just see it's him. It's just... it's uh, yes, Jim Helwig.
3: Um, apparently, I, I, I looked into this. There was various people playing Kane. It wasn't always Glenn Jacobs.
2: I heard... That, I read that one, too, somewhere. But I couldn't find any, like... Any source, any origin for for that mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I looked into that too, and I couldn't see anything. That that was my favorite really is that knowledge. is that Sid crapped his pants at WrestleMania thirteen. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, poop in the pants is always a good one. That's always a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other. Oh, of course, the Montreal screw job was a work. Right. Yeah. That's probably that's probably like the biggest one, which yep. I think is still like. Uh, I I personally don't think that. I don't believe that at all. If it is, what a masterful thing to have the documentary crew there. I know. And what a masterful performance by everybody there as it's captured on film. I mean, that shit would deserve an Oscar if that was a performance. Oh, I know. You know what I I mean? I know. Um, If it wasn't for that, there might be some more validity to that. You know what I mean? Like It's like, Mm -hmm. oh. I don't know, maybe Russo being sent to, I mean, you want something that's legit. Russo being sent to WCW to bring down the company. Yeah. Just see how much dog shit, how dog shit his creative was there. That's believable. That's <laughs> totally believable. Cause like mission accomplished. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So, Yeah. Uh, let's
3: lightning round some uh, some other questions here. Uh, Brett, sorry, Brent here says, when watching other sports, you refer to, to non-star players whose names you don't really know as depth guys.
2: No, not yet, but I might now. I might now. The thoughts in your head now, huh? Yeah, maybe, yeah.
3: Could be. No, I generally know. If I watch a, a team, especially
2: for any amount of time, I get to know who the players are. Yeah, I feel quickly. bad like calling, like, uh, I don't know, Trey Lyle's a depth guy. You know? I don't yeah. Know, you know. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, dark. dark, me- or Sorry, Dank Meme Center. Sorry. Uh, do you think AEW Fight Forever be a commercial success uh, uh, or a counterfeit version of prior THQ games?
2: <laughs> Can it be somewhere between?
3: Yeah, I kind of feel like it'd be somewhere in between.
2: I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I, I don't think it's going to be like. An overwell. I don't think it's gonna like you know beat the 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 sales on two K twenty on no. WWE two K or something like no. that. But I think it'll do pretty well. I mean, it should. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
3: Let's see here. A uh, bucket dipper. Who do you think has the better? Hey. Hey. Von Wagner. Hey. Hey. Stone. Or Baron Corbin.
2: Hey. 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 Uh, it's Von Wagner. He's yeah. perfected it. Von Wagner's taken all of the the goofiness of Baron Corbin, and he's just a concentrated wrestler. He's like that yeah, concentrated, you know? I know. I know. Hey.
0: Uh, hey, Dijak,
2: hey. take those sunglasses off. You're inside. Hey, Joe. Joe Blow. Joe who? Who? Joe? Joe Blow? Hey, Stone.
3: Uh, DJ Mott with Triple H continued push for more factions. That would be who else would you guys want to see Alpha Academy in Alpha Academy. Join Alpha Academy.
2: Uh, Street Profit Split, Angelo Dawkins. Okay. I think it'd be great. All right. Uh, Damon Kemp. (gasps) Whoa, that would be awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I love Damon Kemp. His work with I got to watch NXT from this week, man. Damon. Oh, yeah. Talking shit to Eddie Thorpe is my new favorite thing. Oh, so good. Uh, Jesse
3: Helsius says, since MJF put over the What Culture podcast at a press conference, what wrestler do you think
2: would endorse going in Raw? Well, it ain't going to be Von Wagner. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Hey, I like when these guys talk, make fun of me. Hey. Hey. Uh, Hey. I don't know. I don't know. Maggie suggests Cody. Oh, of course. Yeah. Boy, Mike, are you kidding me? Our numbers would skyrocket. We'd be up there with the (laughs) Cornets, with the Pritchards, in terms of numbers, not notoriety, Lars. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A couple people are saying Chugs. Chugs? Oh, Chugs. Absolutely. Your good friend, Adam Cole? My good friend, Adam Cole. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Is is Chugs on a cameo? I don't think so,
3: but I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Vieira how will Survivor Series look this year with Vince confirmed to be back war games or brand versus brand
2: you know man I get the feeling that like Vince sort of goes along with Triple H's ideas and then just tweaks them to sort of and I don't know obviously we all know that Vince is a raging egomaniac yeah but like I don't know if you see the direction of like the characters, that's all it seems like it's all Triple H stuff. And so and I get the I just honestly get the feeling that it seems to be collaborative with Triple H kind of like doing the big picture stuff and then Vince chipping in and and putting his own flair on it. So I kind of feel like it's going to be what Triple H wants it to be, which is probably going to be War Games again. War Games. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Uh, the Savior,
3: 8541, asked, do you think Edge will actually ever run with a World Heavyweight Championship before he retires?
2: No. No, probably not. No. I think it'd be cool, but I don't, no, I don't think so.
3: Yeah. Uh, Austin Hilton. Who do you think will be the last of the bloodline to attack Roman? Jay or Solo?
2: I mean, solo. it makes sense it'd be Solo. Yeah. Because, like... Jay's, Jay's got to make a decision. Jay's Dude. probably two days away from doing that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. It's gonna be solo. Mm-hmm. Solo's got to be, got to be the last one. Uh, Cat Dad Seven: Is Tony Khan becoming a worse booker than Vince? It says, well, Vince had decades to be bad. It seems like Tony Khan is already falling suit in shorter time with using pointless title changes and big return signings that go nowhere, and forgotten about for weeks, in order to make up for the lack of good storytelling. <sighs>
2: so I don't know, like which Vince, what Vince are we talking about? Like Vince literally created the template for weekly television booking. Like he, he perfected it. And -hmm. then like, it's just because he got old, like super old and he wanted to do everything. Uh, he just, it fell apart in the last couple of years, like from 20, I don't know, 18 on, it was just like, Oh my God, this is not very good. He lost his his shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and Tony just sort of uses that same. I mean, he uses that same template, or he tries to, anyways. So I don't know. Like historically speaking, it's Vince by a mile. Right now, Vince isn't booking the show hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's more of a collaborative effort. So I don't know. If you want to go, if you want to look at both products right now, it seems like the you know the raw gated Triple H Vince scripts are better than the AEW scripts. So you got to go yeah. with the Vince and Triple yeah. H. Uh, where
3: was I Oh, Timor here asks: can a pre-tape match get ever get five stars even though it may have been edited one example I can think of is edge versus Orton greatest match ever backlash fantastic match but is also heavily edited was that cause it to lose those ratings points
2: from what I understand it wasn't heavily edited they had to reshoot some stuff because and that, and they that's didn't when get, edge got injured was during the reshoots. and that's when edge got injured yeah um, but from what I understand it wasn't heavily edited Oh, there is that one shot where they put the camera in the ring and, like, fell onto the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, a pre-tape match, does it deserve... Like, does it deserve, like, a proper star rating? Like, isn't, like, you know, doing it live and, and, you know, flaws and all is kind of part of the impressive feat? I don't know. Let me ask it's you this. Cool question. It's a question. It's a different situation, but it would require
3: re-editing. Like, say, there's is a. Oh, Older NXT TV taping where they would do reshoots as necessary. Yeah. Where they have a really good match, they had to do a a, a a reshoot on like one spot or they botched the finish and so redid it. Mm-hmm. Should that if it was if it was worthy of being five stars as aired, should it be disqualified because they had to change one thing?
2: I kind of feel like no. Same. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. Is that the last question?
3: No I'm just trying to think of if, if there's any analogies that that uh could be made like other live performances that are are
2: taped yeah, I don't know I, I kind of feel like you look like, it's wrestling, you're telling stories with moves if it's overly edited and it takes away from the presentation, then yeah, you'd knock it down you know if the presentation is kind of crap, but if it's fairly seamless, then what do I yeah. care you know yeah, exactly,
3: exactly. Uh, Noah here says uh, with Braun Breaker challenging Seth to defend his title against him at NXT how long do you think it's going to take before it gets defended on Smackdown
2: oh if anything Seth be like oh Braun you want a chance of this come to Raw and that'll be I think that's exactly what they're going to do I think they're going to try they're going to have Seth like fight uh, defend that shit every week mm-hmm. like I kind of feel like that's the, that's the plan right now and yeah Braun Breaker absolutely yeah. you know make him look great and yeah. then uh, probably bring him over straight to Smackdown or Raw or something like that yeah, yeah. Uh, Clown here
3: asks if Vegas goes up three nothing, we get a friendo watch along party for Game Four. Rest when, easy when is
2: Game Four? I don't know. I can check. Um, yeah, it's a possibility. We don't have a, we don't have very many events this month, so no, we don't any opportunity to do so. That uh, Game good. Four is scheduled for Saturday evening. Saturday evening. This Saturday evening. Yeah. Don't know if I can, but I can look into it. All right, I swear I think I've got something going on Saturday evening, but I could be wrong. Tomorrow's Game Three, mm-hmm. and then Game Four Saturday, and then Game Five is next Tuesday. It seems like it's not going to go to a five. They're just rolling over these fools. Yeah, you yeah, know. but I guess anything it's, can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Is that it? Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us Going In. Rod, thanks everybody for hanging out. We appreciate it. Uh, Till next time, we'll talk to you later.
1: Goodbye.